we're here. Sean and Cass. Yes, it's the Variate Podcast. We're chilling. We don't have. We're not playing licensed music on this show anymore, so we have to make our own. But we do. We have a. We have another show called Church of Chill where we play licensed music, and that from time to time gets us thrown off Spotify or other platforms, which is fun. Mm. You know, rebuilding your following. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a good show today. The probably one of our best ones yet. Well, that's what we prayed for. Yeah, Michael Michael Phillip from Third Eye Drops podcast uh, is going to join us shortly. So yeah, do you want to take a few deep breaths and just get into a vibe together before we meld minds with the great Michael Phillip? Yeah. Cool. All right, we're going to take a few, three deep conscious breaths. Okay. All right. We're going to just empty out first. <sighs> Deep breath in. Release the shoulders. good i feel like i'm vibrating i feel good i took a little kratom that does it a little bit you did too yeah no it feels good yeah yeah we do that every now and then when i take it i can go running and have like an extra it's the best for that because like it's weird i don't think that would work with coffee Mm -mm. like for me i when i drink coffee my everything gets so tight you're like a little jittery yeah with kratom i i have um like when you take it, you maybe get like a couple hours, two, three hours worth of energy, sometimes more mm-hmm. if you take it in a small dose. And stamina, you know, yeah. that's what it feels like. You're yeah. like, oh, I can keep going. Oh, this is easy. It makes things easier. I remember it made socializing easier when socializing was a thing. Yeah. Um, it yeah. makes like hot yoga easier when hot yoga was a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's an opiate. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're just taking extremely small doses and, uh, trying to spread it out enough where it's not really habit forming. And when we do stop or like, I don't know, I just forget about it. If it's not in plain sight or if we're not like going into a podcast. I kind of like how we're twinning today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're doing this on YouTube now, so we gotta, we gotta look good. We gotta match, right? This color, the color palette should be consistent. This is a challenge I'm up to. Okay. Michael Phillip is ready. Should we call him in? Oh, he's ready. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be rad. Let's fuck with him. <laughs> hey. Oh, Hi. there he is. The mad scientist himself. I love I love that that look, Sean. You were just like it was kind of like you just saw a newborn baby. You're like, "Oh, Dude, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. Like, especially during quarantine, like when, I don't know. I know this isn't like a a replacement, but it just feels so good. It's like, oh, another Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It always feels good to to meld minds with you two. It's actually been quite a while since we've 
we've met under virtual circumstances. So I'm, I'm excited to do it. Yeah, how long ago was it? Was that like two, three years ago? I Yeah, probably. I know it was on my show, but I'm not sure yeah. when. Yeah. yeah. It all kind of, you guys know, it just kind of blurs together after a while. Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. I, I just had somebody on the other day that was like, yeah, you had me on like episode 20. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's been that long. <laughs> Jesus. What episode are you on now? 205, something like that. Cool. Ooh, when when nice. did you start? I don't even know what your... 2016. That's something. Cool. So I've pretty much been solidly going every week since then i'm pretty sure i don't think i've i don't think i've missed a week oh well that's what it's all about right <laughs> really not even just podcasting but if you're going to start a podcast that's what's to i think that's the thing to do especially when it's like we're, we're nobodies when we're starting out Absolutely, you can't expect yeah. people to care if you're not being consistent yeah you know? especially I, I mean i feel like that's intensely true for me because i like i really don't have another artistic outlet that i'm known for other than blabbering into a microphone and writing i guess here and there mm -hmm. but but yeah that's really my thing is to just get on the techno tubes and do some mercurial rambles and and see what happens what what made you uh have the balls to start doing that you know like um Somebody asked me this on a recent podcast, too, and I think that it emanates from that sort of deep down existential wriggle that you, you just kind of don't know what to do with that, that kind of restlessness. And at some point you realize there is no direct way to verb that thing. So you just have to decide whatever verb you want to do about it, you know, and, and for me, the, the low hanging fruit was always like just conversation because I've never been talented in any kind of traditional artistic capacity. Uh, like I, like I remember distinctly growing up with a cousin who was my age and he just, for whatever reason came out of the testicles with the drawing ability. Like he could just <laughs> like always, you know, we would like draw whatever Ninja Turtles and characters and his would always look amazing and mine were terrible. Mm. And you know, it's just, I, so for whatever reason, this is just the medium that's always worked for me and that I've always gravitated toward and that I kind of notice people when I started having these kinds of conversations, people just kind of slowly start to gather and, and then, and then want to ask questions and want to join in. So it just, it made some level of sense. And also I was just listening to a lot of podcasts and it felt like, you know, there just like any good art you suddenly want to do that thing you know like when mm -hmm. i'm listening to some musical artist i really like or um watching a youtube video that really resonates it's just like i just want to there's party that wants to do that thing yeah yeah i like that you uh, are calling it art because that's what we want to do yeah and i don't mean that in any kind of you know self-important way but um but yeah, I guess that's just what came out of my mouth there. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's an important distinction because like we always have to, uh, like in our business of, of film and documentary, we always have to make the, the distinction to clients like, hey, we're not interested in making content. Like we will, we will, if you're paying, if you're paying us, if you're paying us a lot, we'll do it. Right. But we want to make art. We want to push things. We want to push boundaries. And 
I think that's what you're doing on your podcast, man. I've never had so many people come over and start listening based on another appearance than oh, really? when I was on. No way, nothing. No way, wow. no. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And we met uh, like our best friend. Yeah, one of our best friends, Daniel Fresco. Uh, yeah. Totally, he heard us beautiful. on your on your podcast, and he had never um, heard uh, uh, about ayahuasca before. And I guess maybe that was around the time when I first started taking ayahuasca. And um, you and I were talking about it and just being loose. And so he hit us up. And a week later, he was taking ayahuasca. A week <laughs> after that, he was he was toad, <laughs> smoking <yeah>. toad. <laughs> you know, so and now he's just like our our brother in light. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. So, yeah, I mean, you get the rogue signal out there, man. It really I, uh, it resonates. It's weird, man. I mean, because other than only, you know, these these people with some sort of opacity over them that reach out via the internet that I'm like, yeah, crazy that you, you listen to this and it speaks to you in some way. Um, but other than that, you know, it's only really been a handful of in-person events and that's always an extra layer of just sur surrealness, I guess, because so much of it is done in complete isolation, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, it, it really is like, I'm just in this like office, bedroom in my house like like you know just concocting weird little rambles together every week and it's yeah so it is surreal it, it's always surreal to hear that kind of stuff but i'm i'm so glad to somehow be be the the catalyst for that relationship that's fucking awesome oh yeah you know you know what we've been likening it to a lot lately is um kind of the way comedians their their process works because like mm -hmm. Cass and I, we don't want to really repeat ourselves ever. Like, you know, we, we want to expand on ideas in different ways every time. We want to use different words. We want to paint with different brushes. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to be good and you're going to be 205 episodes deep or wh how we're like 191 deep, like Noah's deep into this thing, if mm -hmm. you're going to be good you gotta kind of have that mentality of like, okay, I'm working out material, I'm working out. And then once you put out that podcast, be like, okay, that was that podcast. Yeah. Now I might build on those things, but I'm not going to stagnate in that world too much. And it's made mm -hmm. me a better person. It's made me, um, just deeper in all facets of my life because I'm having to plunge deeper depths within myself to pull out something interesting. If we're going to get on here once a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, best of luck man because i'm repeating myself constantly i probably it's, am too it, it's, it's hard not to just because i mean the human condition as unique as it is in each particular instance there are you know there are so many overlapping concerns and struggles and things people want answered or or want to try to contextualize and you know i look at i i look at it kind of like a little bit differently in that i forget sometimes that because I'm I'm always right up here. A lot of people, it's a, it's sort of rare, you know. Even if they're listening to you every week, it's only once a week for an hour, two hours, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And the rest of that time, they're interfaced, maybe in a cubicle life or surrounded by other people who aren't talking about this shit. So for them, it, it can it might almost be like comforting and refreshing to hear the same shit sometimes. Like, like oh yeah, I love this riff. But even if they, and even if it's not, it's like, sorry, I'm I'm only one person with with one brain with limited input and output, and I can't not you know repeat things 
Mm. I don't know. I, I would love to not repeat things. Oh, we probably do. I don't even too. know. We don't even edit yeah. the podcast. <laughs> we just like just take it and, and dump it out there. I don't know if we, I, I just know that um, lately, especially we're like, OK, if we're going to do this on YouTube, if we're going to try to basically mm-hmm. we're starting over by putting it yes, on YouTube, yeah. if we're going to it's like a whole different thing. We're like, we we have to, um, you know, let's pop this into another gear. And even setting that intention, we could feel it from the first time we did it. We're like, oh, cool. We're, we're operating on another level. And now lately, we're just like watching documentaries yeah. about stand-up comedians and their process. Well, they repeat themselves a lot. It's just once they go live or like then, put it yeah. in a special, yeah. mm-hmm. then, it's, then it's gone forever. And- but they're honing, 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 which we can do because we live together. We're together 24-7, 365. We never leave each other's side. So we can be like honing, 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 and then do this. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, get some of those thoughts out. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. That's the way I want it out there. And what I love about this medium is compared to the other thing we do, filmmaking, it's so, it's not precious. It's, well, I mean, I guess you can treat it that way, but like, um, it just, it, you just, you keep putting them out and, and it's yeah. like, it's very forgiving in that way. They just keep coming out and it's like, cool. Yeah. That's who I was six months ago. Like I'd be mortified to listen to our episodes from six yeah. months ago. You know, <laughs> it is weird how it almost has this public facing journal like quality to it. Yeah. Even though it's not just you guys alone talking into a camera, it inevitably, if you're approaching it with any kind of authenticity, is going to get pretty personal along the way. And yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way, man. I'm mortified to go back and listen to some of my first podcasts because I still don't feel like I know shit. Yeah. And I must know more than I knew back then. So it's <laughs> like I, I just I, I, I want to. Part of me wants to go back and hear like what very limited like pools I was pulling from, but another part of me is like it might be terrible. I I don't know. But that mm. I, but on the other hand, when you do have people that you find interesting that you appreciate, they're kind of carrying that load for you. Yeah. But one of the things you guys said before that um, really perked up my ears is just the the sort of mentality change that you said went it came part and parcel with you deciding to do this on YouTube that you were ready to just kick it into a new gear. And I just was uh, reading part of that Stephen Pressfield book, War of Art. Mm -hmm. And he said the only difference between an amateur and a pro is a choice. You know, it's like like there there is that like catalytic moment, that catalytic choice that, no, I'm not an amateur, whatever. I'm doing this. I'm a professional. mm." And I'm actually curious since in a professional capacity, you guys are filmmakers. Um, was there like an actual moment for you where you're like, this is it. I'm, I'm a professional filmmaker now, or, or, or did you just kind of find yourself there? Hmm. Um, I think like it happened pretty quick when I tried my hand at filmmaking. Like, I I think I was very, 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 very lucky in that sense. I made this short film called the archive and it was seven minutes and it was just about this guy, uh, who was trying to sell. He has the world's largest record collection. He's trying to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. So we made this thing and I just was like, um, I was 27 and I was like being very conscious about like, cool, this is going to be my first time putting something out that like bears my name. And, you know, I was just being, I I don't know. I, I wanted to do a nice job with it. I did a nice job with it, put it on the internet. It went around and then that got into Sundance. And then when I went to Sundance, I got signed to make commercials. Crazy. And that's when I was like, I was like, cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm a professional filmmaker now. I'm, I'm legit. I'm being legitimized. But what happens is you realize there is never that moment. 
because right. then then it's like okay well I got signed but I no one's hired me to make anything and then my first job was for Nike and they sent me to make this stuff about uh, Steven Stamkos this hockey player and it, like I was like whoa cool and then you know you do that and you're like wow but then you're like well but I've only done one and then right, then you course. get in this cycle and now we're so far into it that like pretty much it's like we don't even consider ourselves filmmakers. I don't consider myself a documentary director. I'm not a commercial director, any of those things. Those are things we mm -hmm. do every now and then, but the amount of time that takes up in our world is nothing. It's yeah. like nothing. So we just feel like we're in like this state of kind of like psychedelic retirement. We're just chilling out, exploring our consciousness. And then every yeah. now and then we get a little knock on the door, like, Hey, engage in the real world, go get money. And we'll hustle a little bit and we'll make something. We get hired to do a commercial. But in those moments, you put on the mask. But I don't want to be wearing the mask right. of, of commercial director when I'm not doing it. I hate that because I'm, I'm very uncomfortable when I'm doing it. I don't want to carry the burden of being a documentarian when we're not necessarily doing it. And, you know, mm. we're developing stuff right now, but we're not doing it. So I don't want to carry that burden. Those are things we did. Maybe this yeah. is similar to you, but it feels like every movie is the first movie maybe every podcast is the first podcast it's like there's no that's the choice though that's what he's mm -hmm. talking about to mm -hmm. me i feel like that's the that's the gear that we force ourselves to be in like yeah. yo we just fucking got all these accolades about this thing that ain't shit that was the people that did that we're now these new people and it's mm -hmm. not like imposter syndrome it's like literally just like just treat it like like it's the first time every time yeah. like we did yeah. a little ceremony around this podcast you know, and like to, to just really Love say it. like that, yeah. this is important. You know, we want to honor you. This is your first time coming on here. We want to, we want to make the situation right. We want to make you feel comfortable. We were hoping to do this in person with you. you I know. know. That's no, why this took so will. long. I we feel will. like, yeah, yeah we, we, we will. like I, you had me on and I was like, man, I want to have him on. But I told you at the time, I was like, I don't really do. I have never done the Skype thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and and then we, and then Whitma came and we didn't end up being able to do it. And, uh, yeah, now I'm just like, fuck it. I'm doing these. And you were at the top of the list for sure. In terms of people that like we wanted to connect with. Appreciate and, that, man. I really appreciate that. And yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. man, so many things are coming to mind. Like from what, what you said, Cass, about how each one is kind of new. There is that weird kind of anxiety around every single time you do anything. There's like that part inside of you that like for what, even if you know in, in with every part of your body that this is something you want to do, you made this choice, this is an alignment with your plans. Um, there's always a party that's like, maybe I don't feel like it. You know, I don't know if I want to. There's always that weird kind of like coming down the birth canal moment yeah. where there's just, there's some part of you that would just kind of wants to retreat back into the shell and not do the thing. But there's actually a whole book written by Kierkegaard about how to essentially wield your anxiety like a weapon rather than let it be this thing that prevents you from doing anything and getting bogged down in paralysis analysis, you know? Mm. And I, that's something I've been thinking a lot about is that, you know, these these sorts of emotional states that we have negative connotation around because they're they're associated with struggle and acute discomfort, it, it's they're actually these tremendous gifts. Of course, they can run amok and get out of control and get to a point where they become bona fide pathologies like i'm not saying anybody get over your crippling depression or or anxiety but the right amount of depression and anxiety is not zero 
it's not zero. Because mm. if you had zero, what the fuck pressures would you have to do anything, right? And mm. I think from from the standpoint too of what of what you were saying, Sean, of how every project feels like, you know, like as soon as you're done with it, it's like who cares? I was thinking about this before when you were talking, and there's such a huge chasm just by the nature of consciousness and being individual people between how other people are looking at you and perceiving you versus how you're perceiving your own output. Like there's always, if you have any shred of like uh, self-awareness, there, there's part of you that knows that you haven't done your best thing yet. You know, there's something like, yeah, that's that was all right. But you know, even if it's not imposter syndrome, like you said, well, it's not imposter syndrome. There, there's still part of you that's like, wants to evolve, wants to push further, you know? And there's so many different ways to think about this, whether it's just uh, a survival, the fittest type of evolutionary imperative, or, um, you know, like some kind of Nietzschean will to power where you just have this thing bubbling inside of you that needs to come out and, and you need, and your soul wants to show what it's capable of. It's like, there's something, there's something that diminishes the previous and, romanticizes the future you know oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and i think when you figure out how to ride on top of that via any medium you you have a tool now to kind of pierce into potential reality a better life a more fully formed version of yourself and that's the thing that always makes me feel so bad for people that don't have an outlet it's just like what are like you the only thing you have is a proxy of that like uh, like yeah. watching a movie or or enjoying somebody else's work but i there, there's you got to have that catharsis for yourself via something you well know? it's their way of keeping themselves in the womb yeah. and you know not going out there and being a creator themselves and i think mm -hmm. that in order to cross those sacred boundaries like what a womb is you have to be intentional about it i feel like and i feel like that's the gift of art is it makes me to want to constantly strive and strive and strive. And when we do, when I do something or put something out that makes me a little like, oh God, I don't know, or a little a little tight, I'm like, oh, this is a bad trip. This is what a bad trip is yeah, all about. Yeah, and totally. I, I could learn from this and like, wow, this gift of like feeling weird about having done something inevitably like I end up rising up to where that weirdness was. It was just like, it was just like I was flying too, like too high. It was like rare air. And I was like, Oh God, I don't know if I should be sipping from this. And then you, you're like, wait, no, I could fly up here all the time. And that's how you, I feel like graduate to new dimensions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but it's, it's figuring out like, well, where, what are these like sacred boundaries that I hold and why won't I cross them? Why won't I figure out, how to get by if I do just burn those things down Yeah, and come out of yeah. the womb constantly. Yeah. I think this is why pretty much any philosopher that I think is worth a shit was pretty obsessed with not necessarily a, a, annihilating boundaries, but always questioning, like, why is this thing here? What happens if I step outside of it? Mm. Like, w d does it make me a, uh, something closer approaching to the version of myself I want to be, or does it not? And, you know, this is, you know, um, again, Nietzsche's beyond good and evil. Jung talked about this with individuation, you know, like you, you need to, this is what shadow work is. It's those things that are creeping around in your mind or in your subconscious that you have some sort of negative connotation with, or not even necessarily negative. Maybe you just had a, 
Um, maybe you've never had a good relationship with your uh, with your assertiveness or your anger or whatever, and you have to figure out a way to uh, put some kind of cathartic activity around those things. Hmm. It's you you need to explore those things. And, and and again, any philosopher that's worth a shit, the way that they always seem to talk about this is in terms of authenticity or completion. Not as in like purification where we get we get rid of all this bad stuff and we just embrace the quote unquote good stuff. That's I mean, what what is that? That's subjective. That's a lot of nonsense. But completion, not not in the way of being done with something, but in the way of I just all of it. I accept it. I, and mm. I want to know what it is. I like I, I don't want to sweep it under the rug. I don't want to. Um, actually, I just heard this um, amazing quote by Young where he talks about if you don't acknowledge shadow material, you essentially exile it to the, the realm of nothingness. And in the realm of nothingness is where your devils get fat, is what he said. <laughs> Something to that effect. It's wow. just like, oh, shit, because they just grow and they grow and they grow mm. until they spill over into some kind of ridiculous behavior, right? Like, mm. my, oh, yeah. my, the funniest example is always like, the gay bashing preacher who like is caught jerking off a guy in a bathroom yeah, or something, right. you know, like yeah. that that kind of cartoonish uh, stuff. So I, I completely vibe with that, of course. Mm. Yeah, your desires become. Oh man, that's so funny. I really am appreciating that this is the direction this conversation is going because I feel like with this new beginning we're having of of trying to make make a go at it on the YouTube, that yeah. um, there is like a a little bit of self. I don't know how else to say it besides like self-loathing. You're just like, yo, mm -hmm. I hate myself. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. hate, but also then being like, who cares that I hate myself? Who cares <laughs> that I think I suck? You know what I mean? Like, do I want to put so much attention and weight on like, who who cares? No one cares whether or not I like myself. And it reminds me of um, Ramin has this, maybe I should grab it. He has this great um, little drawing with, where it says like, would you be nervous performing for an audience you'd never see again? you know, for a galaxy you'd never see again. And that's like, that reminds me that, you that's know, great. we're never the same person, you know, yeah. we're constantly changing and evolving. All the things that are affecting who we are changes between what we've eaten, where, what we saw, every, everything from who every we're moment. surrounding ourselves with. Yeah. What our thought forms are. And so I've had this practice of not attaching to any version of myself. So like, if we'll get into it, I'll be like, Sean, I like, I'm really sorry I said that stuff, but like, I don't even know who that person that said that stuff is. And I don't mm. want to be attached to that person. And sim similarly with him, I don't want to attach you to any person that you were in the past, because all we can be is the person that we are in this new moment. Yeah. And by letting go and not clinging so tight to like, I want to hide and I hate myself mm -hmm. just being like, mm -hmm. okay, I just need to like, keep pushing through this barrier and see what happens. Like, I'm much more interested and curious to see what happens when I show up again rather than if I like I know what happens if I sit in my bedroom you know nothing yeah. nothing it just like that that big demon that you're talking about just gets fatter the devil <laughs> yeah those devils. yeah that's oh that's a great way to put it that's such a great way to put it I, I, again you know that anxiety I think is one of the primary ways that everybody can can relate to in any kind of putting themselves out there whether it's like who the fuck am I to go for this job or this degree or make this phone call or whatever. I mean, that is literally like, this is what courage is. You know, all of these words that have become so like contrived and um, when you talk about them in a sort of 
quoted or cliche way. They just get robbed of all of their real experiential juice. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think of that a poster in a nurse's office in elementary right. school when you yeah. say courage. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah, how. Right. Like, whoa, wow, I haven't thought about that word in Absolutely. a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. And and this is something I was just writing about the other day. Is there's this really unfortunate trend to reduce any kind of philosophy, spiritual exploration, any kind of of subjective discipline to terminology. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it you're you're removing all of what makes it important that experiential gnostic nourishing first person experience is all gone. You know, like if you're sitting in a philosophy class in college or something like, you know, I, I did and it was kind of interesting in an abstract way in a learning about this person thought this great idea and that person thought that great idea and some of them stick, some of them don't. But ultimately, that's not what it's about. It's about feeling that. It's about understanding what that means for you personally. Mm. And again, that's why every philosopher I um, or, or psychologist or scientist or whatever always seems to come back to turning it back in on yourself you know, through through something, through some kind of primary activity you do. And I think that, I mean, it just, I think this speaks to so much of our, the, the ills in our culture is the, the over-association with the exoteric, what other people are thinking, how this makes me look, what that person is doing, when in reality, the only nourishment, the only medicine, the only thing that is going to sate that feeling for you temporarily though it may be is to do some shit yourself and feel yeah. some shit yourself yeah. and I, that's just and it's almost kind of hard and ironic that the only tool I, I have to try to spread that idea is a podcast you know because it's what am i doing in a way you could say i'm just mentally masturbating and and encouraging people mm-hmm. to to listen to 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 loose ideas and i'm certainly doing that but i hope at least some people walk away from it with Maybe I will try mushrooms or, or, yeah. or something. You know? Oh, they definitely walk away from our thing with that. I mean, we right. we <laughs> we encourage that kind of exploration, and uh, you know, we will help people out and send them music and guide and guidance and that kind of thing. But I I think you know it's it's a service because I think you're not trying to uh, commandeer someone's time. You know, you're you're not like it. It's it's not. It doesn't have like that nefarious you know capitalist thing to it you know i i feel like you know having been around you it's like we all want we it seems like we all like our whole little posse like we all want to help people and we're all kind of like speaking the same language but different dialects mm-hmm. and it's really cool like when you were in town for whitma when we had i think we had a night or two where like everyone just came over here and yeah. i was like whoa these are some fucking heavy hitters right here <laughs> like this is some fucking interesting people to be around like colin and sarah yeah. Jen Sodini, Noah Lampert, a bunch of other people. We're all just like hanging out here. And the exchange and the ideas and like even though we're speak we're coming from different places and we're referencing different things, we we can all hear this certain frequency and it's really amazing to um that can't be replaced is what I'm trying to say. Right. It can't be replaced right. by by even this, you know. But I think but I think putting out and blasting out the signal that there are others out there that that we're trying to render out these realms. We're trying to figure out what they are. And it's a it's not only that, but it's a worthwhile pursuit 
because that's art in itself and that's the hero's journey. You know, that's what your panel was at Whitma. I wanted to yeah. ask you about that because that one blew me away, man. Thank your, you. your panel was fucking fire. You got like, talk about heavy hitters. God, the people you had up yeah. there. Yeah, Miles Neal is, is sensational. Dude, he made yeah. me cry. Wow. He made me cry, and it was so weird. Like, I mean, I guess we were all on a little bit of acid, so it was like right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we were. We were. <laughs> yeah. So you I know, actually forgot we microdosed that day. Yeah, <laughs> but man, he yeah he made me cry a couple times, and um, uh, our friend Judy was there, and she was sitting next to me, and her and I were just like, just bawling, crying. I don't even know what he was talking about, but. He has that aura, man. Yeah. He, I mean, as, you know, not only a psychologist, but someone who is, you know, has a deep contemplative practice of Tibetan Buddhism and is really dedicated to that path and also really open about his own pain. Yeah. You know, there's another great thing. I just finished this book about Jung, so it's really on my mind. But um, th this choked me up just reading it. And I mean, man, it's it's rare that you just get one of those lines that sort of just goes pew and like shoots through your body and you're like, oh, but this is one of those lines where he said essentially that only a wounded physician can heal. Mm. Like only a wounded therapist who fucking understands what it's like to be in pain can really empathize and put some sort of psychic balm on whatever it is that you're going through because if they hadn't experienced it, what good is their advice? If they, if they don't acknowledge their own neuroses, shortcomings, whatever, what good is their advice? And and that's one of the things that attracted me to Miles Neal right away is like he's totally open to talking about his own dark nights of the soul, his own doubt, his own imposter syndrome, his own struggles. And yeah, that that is my one of my I mean, no, I don't like somebody who's overly self-deprecating, obviously, but at the same time, somebody who has the some measure of humility and is willing to show those wounds off, it just it just it just skyrockets their authenticity. Maybe that yeah, you know? maybe that's why it, it like it cut through. He also yeah. has a, a very commanding presence. We should have him on our podcast. I know oh, he's yeah. been on yours, so if anyone wants yeah. to listen, they should check that one out with you. Yeah. Um but yeah, the way he talks and the way he addresses people, it's it's so interesting and you can learn so much about how to communicate and, and what mm -hmm. what level and intonation can can get through to people, you know, where mm -hmm. people can really hear it. I liked how he was talking about how, um, I believe it was him, he was talking about mm -hmm. depression and how we, we over-medicate it, even though it's like, it, it's a gift. It's something mm -hmm. to be learned from, you know, it, it, it's something to to kind of go in and through. But far too often we're over medicating people and trying to I mean, it, it's robbing them of, of the full spectrum of the human experience, oh, yeah. even though it's painful. But, you know, I, I thought that mm -hmm. was that was really uh, an astute thing to say in front of a crowd of people. And, you know, especially people in this in in our world who might be struggling, who, um, you know, might, might not really know where to turn or what to do about that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. to even say that it's an option to, to breathe through it, to go through it. Yeah. And, you know. and it's so badly needed from a, a figure who, you know, he would never present himself as an authority figure, but he, you know, is a doctor of psychology. So to me, he carries a certain amount of authoritativeness over at least somebody who's not schooled in that mm. in that arena and there's again in that community in our community there's so much 
spiritual bypassing. That's what I was there's just so much, say. Yeah, there, there's so much like filling in the blank with a with a fluffy word because I don't know. You know, there's so yeah. much of that. And when when you see an authoritative figure who's supposed to be a healer come out and say, "I'm fucked up." Do you understand yeah. that I am fucked up and that the only reason I care so much about it is because I know how bad that hurts and I want to help other people understand, process, contextualize that. And, and I mean, I'm just a psychology enthusiast and it's <laughs> particularly a cert, just a, a certain kind. I'm not interested in like the, you know, DSM-5 pathologizing. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting, I guess. I'm, I'm not interested in, um, you know, medications uh, like other like what i'm interested in is helping people do just that you know process make sense of contextualize mythologize bring meaning to and that is not the standard of care that is not what you get you, you get what are your symptoms how do we bring those symptoms down to get you back to work to get you back to being a mom or dad to get you back to whatever it's not about you're probably trying to discover your soul and you're, you're feeling disconnected from your soul. And yeah. that is what it can be if you're practicing like depth psychology, you know, Jungian school psychology. But largely it's reduce symptoms, put someone underneath the umbre this umbrella of pathology. And man, that is so not I, again, I just feel like that. Yes, I, I don't want people to hurt. I don't want people to just be like rolling around in their bed, crying, blubbering all day. But also, I think that it's about more than that in most cases. I do think there's a disconnection, a, a lack of purpose, a lack of context, a lack of spirituality. Mm. And in its best, in, in at least the iteration that I am interested in or whatever wants to receive, it would be about it would be about doing that, not about, mm. you know, oh, it sounds like you've got a little bit of uh, neurotic and blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, like I just, yeah. I think when, when it's a dangerous path too when... Um, we try to disappear all the symptoms and I, cause, cause I think when you, when everyone's disappearing the symptoms, we collectively don't know how to be there for them. We don't know how to surf those seas at all. So, you know, it, you, you might have someone in your life that's really, really, really struggling. And not only are they trying to mask the symptoms themselves with whatever they got to do, but then we're encouraging them to stay at work and we're encouraging this and that as opposed to like, I, I think it, 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 um, it's part of what leads to mental health stigmatization is mm -hmm. because it's so, it's so disappeared and masked and we don't want to, we don't want to address it. So we don't know how to be there for each other necessarily. And I think that's why this problem keeps spiraling out of control and new symptoms pop up. Well, mm -hmm. why I like um, psychedelics is kind of a cure-all <laughs> um, mm -hmm. is because it brings the sacred into every moment, into every action. That's it's right. like you don't have to, if you've been dreaming about starting a podcast, you don't have to start that podcast to be happy about yourself or be fulfilled in your life. Like you can tap into the sacred way you wake up in the morning and the routine you do, how you put a meal together, how you present a meal, how you call and talk to your loved ones you know that's what mushrooms and lsd and stuff like that has done for me is is reminding me that there's not something that needs to be done in order for me to feel fulfilled it's about showing up to the moment and recognizing the sacredness of that moment and that's where i'm at now with this quarantine as i go through days where i'm like hiding from the sacredness of this this experience of this life and and mm -hmm. scrolling yeah. and medicating and doing 
I mean, it's so funny. The things that I do that I think are medicating, whether it's like the scroll, they make it worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, that's they, funny. They exasperate um, mental health. At least you're aware of that. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's what, <laughs> and that's what psychedelics also do is like they bring an awareness to your state of being that you can affect your state of being that very little things can affect your state of being bringing um bringing your attention back to your breath can mm-hmm. affect your state of being standing up straight can affect your state of being taking a shower can affect your state of being and mm-hmm. it's um something that we all know but there's that practical experience of in the being in the psychedelic realm like people tell you like oh if you exercise you'll feel better but something about taking the psychedelics and recognizing the energetic body that you have how tapped in and connected you are to everything else in the universe can really set it in and be like oh fuck you know it's not like just i need these endorphins it's that my body's a temple and i have to serve it in order for it to serve me Mm, right on yeah I think yeah, one of like, the oh, go go for it. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, I, just as she was saying that, I was like, wow. I think one of the most psychedelic things about quarantine is like that deep appreciation for the way it was before. Like, not not capitalism, exploitation, all that stuff. The fact that we could be sitting here together very casually, not even thinking about germs, not even thinking about transferring things. Like that that gratitude of just like, oh man when we do get to do that, I'm going to fucking show up. And like, that's definitely what like a long night of ayahuasca will do for you. You're just like, oh, yeah. Fuck. fuck. Yeah, man. <laughs> God that, damn. That's, well, you just said what I was going to say anyway, because <laughs> I was going to say it, it's, you know, psychedelics are like just turning the gain up on reality. Like I, I yeah. always, I always like do a little bit of the, uh, when people say hallucination, because I don't feel like I've ever experienced anything that I would call a hallucination. Yeah, me I neither. Would, I would say there's something in my my mind that was there that was that's being amplified. There's a feeling in my body that's being amplified. And I would even say sometimes there's some sort of tertiary thing appearing where maybe there's some kind of synthesis between body and mind that isn't normally there. Right. And that's why maybe your visual perception is different or you're seeing, you know, you're having synesthesia, let's say. Like, I mean, every time I, I eat mushrooms and I'm listening to music, uh, I will often see just like, you know, you know, like some kind of chord will be played and I'll just see the sweep of color along with it. Mm. I, I don't call that a hallucination. I call that like an expansion of, of faculties, you know, that, yeah. cause that's not fake. That's not that's not not there. It's really there. I'm feeling it somatically. I'm seeing it with my eyes like it's it's something that's real in that moment. And I wouldn't say that it's not real just because I can't perceive it right now. But Mm. the other thing I wanted to say, too, that like totally dovetails off of what you were saying, Sean, is that sometimes the most horrific trip, whether it's, you know, what we're going through right now with with lockdown um, or an actual psychedelic trip that's horrific is it reinstills that gratitude, that sacredness to everyday life. And I've never experienced that more uh, viscerally than when I went to Peru and did ayahuasca, man. Night one, I was just, I, I was begging, like, please make this stop. I'm like, my, I had never, I was just feeling sensations I've never felt before or since. Like, mm. my body was being ripped apart. Like, I was being tormented. Like, the, the visuals were just this, just this, like, tumbling can- cascade of chaos and just, just like, there was nothing 
beautiful that first night mm -hmm. other than when i returned to consensus reality and i was just like thank god thank god thank god it was like just some kind of <laughs> psychic skydive that was also tumbling through a briar patch the whole way down or something you know oh. it was it was one of those things so and and you know that now that you've brought up the corona the thing the, the most toxic thing that i think i've been hearing in this context especially again from spiritual communities new age communities is that this is they might be right about this, that Mother Earth is doing this, and because of this, we're never going back to the old way. This mm. is a, a, a threshold we're passing through as a civilization, as a species, and we're going to, towards something better. And I look around to everything opening back up again, people doing the exact same shit they were doing before. And wanting and, to. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, where is the change? Because I, I don't, I'm not counting on any kind of top-down change where suddenly our, our government and corporations are like, you know what, we fucked up. We're gonna change everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not gonna. No, happen. in fact, the opposite's <laughs> gonna happen. They're yeah. going to grip more than ever. They're, they're actually trying to create a wave of desperation, so a certain, so so that the the elite class can buy up assets and and just take further advantage of us. And after all this, trust me, there'll be austerity measures the likes of which we've never seen. Just as like, fuck you. You know that 1200 bucks? You fucking cash that check? You want it? You know what's out the window now? Right. Social security. Mm -hmm. You know? It, and, and that's more like likely what it's going to be. But I think what, what may have changed uh, permanently for the good... And it might not be noticed yet, but in the years to come, and it's our ability to listen and listen to each other and hear ourselves and just having this moment without all the stimulation all the time and the, the, the desperation and the work and the, and the running around, just everyone being told to just go home and stay there. I think it's, uh, it, it's increased our ability to listen on many levels so i think that when things do go back to normal i think you're going to be i think you're going to see people's immunity to injustice having decreased you know mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. that that's i think what i feel is going to happen and it's not going to happen it, it, we're, we're going to see it over time i think it's not going to it's not necessarily something that you're going to notice right away but i think we're going to care about each other more because yeah i think we're going to appreciate like like a like a night of ayahuasca or the when when you weren't on the trip when you weren't on the bad trip like whew, oh god okay yeah back to normal fuck okay i just yeah. want to be better to my like the first time i ever took mushrooms it was like it was like the it was like the mother mushroom just grabbed me pinned me down on the bathroom floor and was like stop eating fucking animals and be good to your family. Get good with your family. Be better to them. And like I fucking took that shit seriously. That what like you're saying. Yeah. That was yeah. not a hallucination. That was me piercing through to my higher self and getting a message. And like it was almost like my future. It was almost like me now going back in time and bitch slapping that egomaniac and saying, "Fucking get right with God. Get right with your environment and get right with your family." You know. And that, that was the first time, and I just randomly had taken mushrooms. I had no spiritual life, nothing like that before. 
and I was, I was 32 years old. So I don't think it's, it's really wow. ever too late to have those moments. It's kind no. of, it's kind of funny. Cause it's kind of like what we were talking about before you, you guys saying how it would be so embarrassing to go back to older podcasts, but there does seem to be a through line, but that before, you know, you know. And that yeah. this yeah. the version of Sean that made those films before he had ever taken psychedelics, like those are psychedelic films that we made yeah. um, and that you made and they're touching and they're connected and they recognize the divine human experience. And it's all there. It's all there from your first thing you wrote when you were a kid to, you know, I totally agree. It was like you were saying about your, your cousin who draws Ninja Turtles. I was like that for spirituality once the mushroom yeah. hit me. And some yeah. people are the opposite. Some people could take the same dose the same day with me, everything, and just really not want to go there and, or maybe apply that openness to something completely different. But I'm glad that like, I know the privilege we have is the time and space to fucking to apply some of these things. Cause I think as you're re probably realizing, like you took ayahuasca, what, like eight months ago. Um, when was it? It was the end of August, I think. The oh, end so of a August. while ago. Yeah. So or September one of the two. Yeah. 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 It was after Whitma. I'm pretty sure because I don't, it, it must've, when was Whitma? That was in October. So you might've gone down in like late October. Yeah. Maybe, man. I'm totally drawing a blank now on that. My 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 history's getting all jumbled up. <laughs> I got the quarantine asynchronous brain where everything is, feels like one big long day. How is this going for calendars. you? How is being in it's, quarantine going for you? You know, honestly, I, I cannot complain compared to what so many other people are going through where their basic needs are in question. I right. don't have that issue. I mean... The, the type of client work I do is largely done remote and you know, I, I can keep doing this and I've, I, I've never been sick nor have I had any close loved ones get sick. So yeah, I can't, I can't, um, were you a from home guy before this? Plane. Mostly. I mean, not, not exclusively, but, um, but mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I do think it has absolutely skyrocketed my desire to want to travel, to be around <laughs> more people, to, you know, get get out there while the getting is good, you know, because it's just there, there's so these. I also think the utility of these kinds of just like orthogonal disruptive lightning bolts is just at any moment, at any moment, at any moment, something could happen. And you just take for granted or you do some kind of weird rationalization. It's like, well, I'm like 34, 30, whatever. And uh, I got a lot of time and I'm good and I'm healthy and I'll have so many opportunities to do this. And when you're thinking like that, it's, it's just you are letting being passive erode your potential, erode the time you do have. And I just, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be more, like you said, like you guys said about the sort of mentality of like, of really attacking this, this new way of, of expressing yourselves that you're doing. I want to do the same thing. You know, I've had all these ideas in the back of my head of things I want to do for so long. And I'm just tired of, of wanting to do things. I want to <laughs> fucking do them, you know? Mm. Mm. now's so, the time yeah. now's the time i feel like we say that that's one thing we say every podcast it's just like whatever it is if there was ever a time for it now's the time right 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. We've uh, definitely noticed like engagement with our podcast has gone through the roof. Like we don't really pay attention to any metrics on this. I don't really even know how to, but people writing us and saying, yo, thanks. Like that was chill. Like you guys are helping me. Like mm-hmm. that's gone through the roof and I deeply appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just, like I said before, it's so surreal to, to just get those messages. It's just, it's like a weird, it's, it's so much better than, I mean, I remember when it's, I think it's the same psychology around getting a, like a gift when you were a kid or something. That's how it kind of feels for me is just like a, like a, ah, type of, type of feeling that (laughs) a lot of physical gifts actually don't give me anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm completely I'm completely with you that that is that metric is probably more important than than any other mm. for 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 me at least. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's but, like that's the only one that I can even keep track of. Uh, yeah. So I'm just like, oh wow, I'm I'm getting like a a little sweet note like pretty much every day from some random person. So though I would be lying if I said I didn't check my podcast numbers. Yeah, a little bit of a. I don't know how to like keep track. I need what I, I need, like you and or Noah or somebody to teach us the ways, especially. What do you What do you publish through? SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they have. Mm. Um, I do everything through through Libsyn, and it's kind of like an all in one. Yeah. Dashboard where they host everything and then put it on all the other platforms and stuff. Mm. Um. So it's really, I mean, for them, it's just you just log in and it's right there. Yeah. So, yeah, we've never fucked around with that. Noah always suggested that, but, you know. Fuck around with what? Libsyn. We were just talking nerd shit. He was saying how he he can keep track of his, like, podcast statistics and everything. I'm like, we well, don't do that. I have to pee. That's what I just did. Yeah. I think, too, if you, you know, if you um, are, are just publishing on, do you publish on SoundCloud and then other places or only SoundCloud? Only SoundCloud. Okay, yeah, you're you're totally missing out on some exposure then, for sure. Oh no, no, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Now YouTube. Good. So yeah, That's good. um, I like this green background you have too. Do you go into oh, the the realm? It, it's uh, it's like another thing that I did very briefly when I was I was also gonna do a video podcast when I started this, and the, there's a, a few out there that I wound up publishing. But it just wound up being so much extra work and, you know, dealing with the much larger files and everything was just it was just taking so much time and creating so much stress for me that I eventually was just like, I'm going to put this on pause. And eventually I for sure do want to do video and do want to put more content out on YouTube. But it's just I mean, it's mainly excuses, but it, it also is the fact that it really is a lot of extra work to do. Um. The, the YouTube the YouTube piece for, for you, Sean, since you missed some of that those rambles. Mm. I was just saying that she was asking about the green screen, and I said that um, I did do some video pods in the beginning, but eventually the workload and the extra file sizes and file transfers and blah 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 just eventually. Oh yeah. It, it just it just got the best of me, and I was like, I'm not doing this right now. Although I do want to get back to it for sure. That's why it's so cool that we have each other because like one of us yes. will get extremely frustrated, and I'll be like, I'll I'll look at it for a little bit, and then and then like, I'll just be like, I'm done, I'm done. Like, I can't. It's not syncing up. It's just voids and not working. 
That's but whatever. Yeah. It's so, yo, I feel like a totally different person well, uh, just from peeing. And yeah. it, it reminded <laughs> me like, just like you were saying before of like these, these little things that completely alter our consciousness. And it, I, it reminded me of um, Colin was telling the story about how he had to pee while yeah, you guys yeah. were taking ayahuasca yeah. or kept like, and that kept coming back and coming back. And it's just like, wow, that does really alter your consciousness in a way where it's like, I, f- I feel like a much looser, chiller person right now. And I'm not on ayahuasca. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that's yeah. where, you know, meditating and doing different things to like relax my body or, or body scan or bringing different attention. It's like, I used to have so much back pain and we used to need to like massage massage each other all the time and then we just started bringing attention to that place that hurts and like allowing it to be and letting it tell us something and somehow it miraculously isn't as loud you know it's not Mm -hmm. that demon that's just getting louder and fatter and the whole thing you know you know it was one of the trippiest things i don't think we've ever mentioned on this podcast one of the trippiest things that ever um happened to me was we were traveling once and we had gone through like a, a, it was like a stressful trip. Like it was, it was a little emotional. We were with a partner at the time and we were like not getting along. And like, I just woke up on our day that we were flying from LA to New York. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't move my lower back. I was just like, like nothing. I could like, it was, everyone's probably experienced that at one time or another. I don't, if you haven't, holy fuck. It's awful. Yeah. (laughs) So the point where I'm at the airport and I have two rolling luggages and I'm just like, like using them to like, just get through the airport and somehow get through security. And I'm just dying on the other side. And Cass takes out this book called all women are healers. And it's just got all these like ancient, I don't know, like native American. Takes you through different practices. They take you through all these practices. And, um, she read me this part about, um, what back pain is and pretty much this as she was explaining it i was like i was like sitting up and i was like and i was like i'm fine it was crazy it was crazy you hear about like there's a there it reminds me of um you hear about this book some guy wrote about quitting smoking and people have smoked 30 years and they read this book and by the end they're not smoking anymore Mm -hmm. it was kind of like one of those things which just happened instantaneously and it was such a profound shift from just like just hearing like, oh, you do, you realize like, uh, you know, it's been known from the beginning of time. If you're having this kind of pain, it's an emotional thing. And I was like, whoa, this could be emotional. Yeah. And even just acknowledging that I was like, oh, oh yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think there there's, that's one of the things too, that kind of drives me crazy sometimes about, um, philosophers or or like so-called philosophers who, who kind of, put put some sort of partition between the body and the mind and don't give attention to the actual physical body because you know the everything mm. like what you were just describing you know the idea of like psychosomatic pain that's obviously a real thing but also if you're super out of touch with your physical body and your physical wellness you're, you're not going to understand that you're not going to understand that something is off right like a lot of people don't understand that something is off until far too long because they just don't they don't know what it's like to be on or feel strong or feel in control of their body in that mm-hmm. kind of fluency i think that's part of being like again integrated individuated authentic human is don't like don't ignore your physical body and it's it's super weird to me that there's this kind of um 
almost marginalization of of physical fitness because it, it can be uh, of course if you're too like uh you know focused on like oh, i gotta get that those abs to pop like that's not what i'm talking about <laughs> but but at the same time too if you if you are neglecting your physical wellness it's it's clearly a big problem and we're seeing it lead to you know that uh, i don't even want to bring up corona but um no it's showing how important healthcare is but that healthcare totally. isn't something outside of yourself it's something within yourself what we have is right, sick care absolutely what we and, and ca- are seems, capable of is healthcare. yeah Yes, yes. And it seems like all like all of the people predominantly that are having the worst outcomes are, you know, they've got some they've got some issue. They're obese. They have they're smokers. They're whatever. And they've been only been able to afford unhealthy food for however many years or live in communities where only unhealthy food is available. They don't even think of it as unhealthy food because they don't know because of our education system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is absolutely one of the things that's been keeping me sane during this is like, I I always, it's funny because I don't draw, even every day, I still don't draw a straight line to when I'm starting to feel restless, I'm starting to have negative thoughts, I'm starting to, you know, spiral down really not helpful um, kind of feedback loops, like mental routines, procrastination, and I don't draw a direct line to dude you're a being with a body and that body's got to do stuff and mm. then i do work out and i'm like i just feel so much more like yeah oh yeah that was that was just a big you know like the the, the anime thing of like the cloud coming out of the head and it's just like a ball of like yeah. scribbles <laughs> i feel like i feel like if i don't work out like i'm i'm i just get to that point where i'm just like a yeah. ball of scribbles in my head it's yeah. it's yeah, so it's, funny even the the conditioning of i don't know where it comes from but that talking about that saying that feels controversial that feels like the most controversial thing we could say is like yo you should exercise like it's become this thing like whoa let's you know easy you know but it's like i don't know when someone's when someone's not exercising and they're complaining about lack of sleep instability with their mood or whatever God, it's so hard for me to restrain myself right. from right. from being like, just go for a fucking run. Try that. Yeah. Just try that. Or, yeah. I, or anything. Uh, jumping jacks. Yeah. Jumping jacks are great. They're really good. Yeah. How how funny is it that, that I think that's one of the really most pernicious things about PC culture is that if you say anything that starts to make someone feel uncomfortable because they're like, I've been neglecting my body and now I'm uncomfortable because you like there's that's a fact, you know? Mm. It's super weird because that that is exactly what we we're talking about before when we were talking about sweeping your demons under the rug and pretending that they're not a problem and they just get bigger and bigger. And unfortunately in this instance, they literally get bigger and bigger, you know? <laughs> and and it's just it's crazy. I mean that that's one of the big you know I don't want to get on some sort of like weird like alpha male rant about like trophy culture, but that's kind of what it is, you know? Yeah. It's like it's the it's the constant padding of everything that's actually preventing people from getting better, from feeling better about themselves because like I think it goes back to what we were talking about before with the anxiety, the depression, the bad feelings, but figuring out how to like use them to pr- propel yourself instead of shrink away from it. You know, it's it's you have to be willing to 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 suffer constructive criticism or it's like you you can't you can't feel better you can't improve you can't contextualize yourself Mm. oh and i think there's a lot of padding when it comes to relationship like oh "Oh, he's not a good partner if he like 
gives you like says the tough love i'm like no that's the partner i want i want the partner that's like are you really gonna eat three helpings of french fries like i want the partner that like reminds me of the things that i can't see (laughs) no we do it to each other like we're we're tough love we're tough lovers you know um but it's 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 also one of those things that nothing is really worth getting on your case but you need to trust that at least for me, like I'll go through a cycle of not taking care of myself. And I'm like, oh, look at me in this not cycle, which is maybe like yesterday was like a, oh, this is mm. an indulgent, feel like shit about myself cycle. But I don't need to burst out of it today. I can accept it and let it be and trust that tomorrow I'll wake up better with more energy. Totally. And I did. Yeah. yeah. And you know what ruined my morning? Yeah. My day? Fucking scrolling through tiktok i was like i'm gonna meditate but before i meditate my dad of all people sends me a tiktok and he doesn't even have tiktok but i guess there was some (laughs) there was someone on about trump or like some women are pretending using trump's voice and pretending to be like drunk and stuff and so then i ended up in the tiktok vortex for an hour and i swear to god it ruined my day Mm. i was like this this is horrible like i've i've consumed so much media like funny not funny i just it's I the ha- equivalent of eating a fucking box of oreos it really is yeah mm. you know, it's like oh, i'm okay. so guilty of it too i am so mm. guilty of it too what's your like, drug of choice yeah i don't so i've avoided tiktok so far thankfully <laughs> it's so yeah. good i mean the <laughs> it's, endless, it's the best I mean, drug it's especially it's especially noticeable over the last couple of years since instagram changed their algorithm because you don't, you know, you don't see everything chronologically anymore. They have their weird little algorithm of what they show you. So if you get down one of those like scroll holes where you like scroll for a few minutes, put your phone away, pick it back up, scroll again, you just keep seeing the same shit. Yeah. And I notice myself looking at the same shit for the third or fourth time. And th- mm-hmm. that's when the scribbles start that I was describing earlier. Yeah. And I just start thinking to myself, what are you doing? You're, you're literally just going through weird behavior patterns that have no purpose because you're probably trying to avoid something and this is something that i really appreciated from from young too is he said um one of the primary pieces of advice he would give to his students that are also going into psychotherapy and someone is describing some sort of neurotic behavior um and he doesn't say posit this to this person right away but he said immediately think to yourself as the therapist what is this person avoiding you know, mm-hmm. what, what is this person avoiding? Because I feel like for me, if I ask myself that question in those moments of just the really shitty feedback loop behaviors, it's pretty clear that I'm that I'm like, yeah, I should be doing this. I should check that. Or I'm avoiding actually sitting down and thinking about how I should be using my time. It's, mm. it's usually something along those lines, I, th- I think anyway. Mm. And to me, it doesn't have to be an extreme. If I find myself in... Uh, caught up in scrollaholism and i'm like oh god you know i obviously want something whatever i don't think it's that big of a deal if i just shift that over to like i'm just gonna watch a grateful dead show and like to to me that's better it's like my attention isn't being pulled everywhere it feels medicinal yeah it's not like i have to go like oh i gotta go fucking sit down and, and and meditate and go to that extreme it's a lot of times what we do do we go to that extreme but, um, you know, sometimes it's just like just a little shift, like, OK, I'm obviously wanting to escape a little bit. Let me just do it with something that will serve me a little bit better. I, I, mm-hmm. I take the Instagram app and I hide it in different folders so that it's not as easy to remember which folder it's yeah. in. And then I also want to I want to collectively 
I don't care if everyone else does this, but I want to be able to say like, I look at Instagram Friday afternoon, once a week. That is my Instagram yeah. time. But uh, that's a little more easier said than done. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about the whole, the whole, you know, hiding likes thing? You know, I, I've mixed, uh. I personally have mixed feelings on it, but what have you guys? You can about hide that your much? own likes. So it, it's something they're actually doing. Like they're they're unrolling it so mm. that you don't see how many likes other people got on their stuff because it can lead to a sort of you know have not feeling mm. like a, like a feeling of of I guess envy and and de decreasing your own self worth because. Right. Well, mine only got a hundred likes, and his got seven thousand. You know. Yeah. Um, so these fuckers, like it's so funny. Like they knew that from day one, and they left it in there anyway because that's the thing that got us all addicted, and We're and in this whole little culture of comparing and like eh, whatever. And now they're like, oh, you know, it, it, it's like it's like fucking Coca Cola being like. We're not going to be using poison in our in our soda right. anymore, you know. And it's like fucking asshole. You knew from day one, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, yeah. we're getting experimented yeah. on. That's for sure. Exactly. And I'm all for it because I can't get off. I can't. I haven't been able to fully not do Instagram because I love the the. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love. I now love that it says you've 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 read everything you've seen everything that is a lifesaver but um also unfollowing people like shit unfollow me or whatever mute i mean mute because you you can't see what everyone else is doing i have to i like keep it to people who pretty much produce art <laughs> i'm like i want to see yeah, what yeah. the art that you're producing is so when you go on there your scroll is only like just visual art that's it yeah, yeah. for the most part yeah, and, and I think when when that phenomenon is working in some kind of constructive way, it is do it, it is pushing a little bit of creative anxiety on me because I'll see a like you know, like we talked about Ramin before. Yeah. I mean, what what an amazing balance of, of just, you know, profound but also silly content mm -hmm. that is like really engaging and clever. Yeah. And whenever I see his stuff, I'm always like, Man, I should start like drawing. I should think of something I should come up with something clever. I should, you know, like, and I don't think mm. that's bad. Yeah. I think when it gets bad is when you just start to, I'll never get as many views as Gary Vanderchuck or what, whatever. Like choose, choose, you know, whomever. Like that, that is poisonous. That's that's toxic. Or I'm never gonna have but, an infinity pool on the coast of Hawaii. <laughs> you guys, hey, you might, you might, you never know, you never know. If that's what you want, I believe you can get it. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too. I don't, I don't think I need that, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it yeah. seems like a silly thing to talk about, but yeah. the truth is, it absorbs a lot of our time, and, it, and I think it's worthy of discussing. You know, these these um, social media yeah. programs that we interface with, and what it's who it's making us, what our relationship with it is, how we can have healthier relationships, because. It, it is one of the main relationships in my life. Like I look at Instagram more than I talk to my mom, you know, more than I talk to anyone else. So, yeah. um, yeah. And we're all kind of in this boat together. We're, we're navigating how to best move forward and how to be responsible because, um, you know, it's, it is the, it's the modern cigarette. It's the modern, um, yes. high fructose corn syrup. It's like, we know it's bad for us but we're not able to fully let go and so we're like okay can we get on is coke zero better or is cane sugar better is oh wait water's the best thing but we all have to do this at our own 
our own pace. It's it's like a party. <laughs> like when you go on there, it's like I'm going. I'm gonna go back into the party, you know, because it's it's everybody putting on their best face, and you know, half the people that are projecting all light and love are probably actually yeah. suffering the exact opposite because they're spending all this fucking time on Instagram. Yeah, and, and we just had an awesome synchronicity, Sean, because I I literally was thinking of projecting like as you said projecting Whoa. like the, the the psychological projection mm. of you know ba basically taking any kind of feeling you're having and and saying oh that person over there they're the cause of this feeling right mm -hmm. rather than oh th this is stemming from all of this huge alchemy of things i've been through mm. and seeing that triggered all of these things that were already there within me and you know the 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 ability that the difference between someone who's at least attempting to individuate is always thinking that way they're they're always thinking about why what within me is causing this rather than you know shifting the blame or the 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 admiration or whatever externally and i think that that's the the it's it's a bit more like social media is a bit more mercurial right than high fructose corn syrup because there can be things like ramen out there there can be things right. that mm -hmm. actually do trigger um, wonder, positive behavior, a desire to do something creative, the ability to distribute your creativity, right. all of these things. And, but I think that the slope has become so much more slippery now. It's so much easier to just like, um, make a meal of the frosting. You know, it's like, mm. you can just like, you can just be like, wah, wah, wah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> terrible, like, yeah. just cr like cramming your face with, with, uh, with essentially psychic sugar until you feel terrible like equivalently terrible to how you would feel if you were eating real physical sugar mm -hmm. and it reminds me of again this um what nietzsche warned against in in thus spoke zarathustra which is the this phenomenon of the last man where we would become this um what did he call it like a, a herd with no shepherd where we're all just blindly following this sort of technocratic uh cocaine and mm -hmm. that that's really he didn't use that exact terminology but he said that it's like a technology obsessed person who no longer thinks for themselves who's no longer doing the hard internal work they're just going along they're just you know they're just they're just eating the the candy eating the candy and if you look at how much further we've gone down that path since he died like you know in the early 20th century or whenever it was it's just like it's painfully true. It's mm. painfully true how how far we're all going down that path, and I, and I, it makes me kind of feel bad for myself, but ultimately <clears throat> want to just do something a little bit better, just something a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, it, it's so funny in in a world that is just snorting that kind of coke all the time you start to feel like oh no i'm the only one like looking around like and, and it and it feels lonely you know i've i've definitely noticed that like yes. that's just like yes. oh wow am i the only one that cares like is oh it... well sean will often find himself in the room with two women who are looking at their phones you know and... yeah <laughs> yeah we have a girlfriend right now sweet little carrie and like we spend a lot of time together and mm -hmm. she's young so like she's all she's just like completely plugged into all that stuff and like her whole life and language it, like is you know through that medium and yeah. you know i'm just kind of from a time before that so i do just want to like like it is stimulating enough to put on a grateful dead show that's to be watching and listening to something and mm -hmm. like you know mm -hmm. it's flashing in my eyes 
you know, so um, I I can't do the scrolling and the TikTok and and the pacing of things. Everything, yeah, it's so fast and it's like, um, like I don't know. It's an, it feels like an assault on my senses. But yeah. these girls just like go crazy on it. It's going on in the room, and I'm it like, brings wow. me so much joy to w- see how creative people oh, are and insane. how funny they are. And yeah, yeah, it's people hilarious. are killing yeah. it out there. Like they're. It's so funny. The people we get spoon-fed, uh, like, comedian-wise, are nowhere near as funny as people that are out there doing shit on TikTok and on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I'd be on there if it wasn't, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, you know? Yeah. It is yeah. legitimately the funniest thing. And that's that's where I want to be. I want to be having a funny time. And sometimes the easiest route, like, it's like wanting to feel good and using a vibrator, it's like that's it's instant satisfaction, but it maybe might not be the most satisfying mm. and fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, it's a saccharine kind of thing, and that that's what I guess that's my you know old curmudgeon-y guy worry is that we're we're withering our attention span and our ability to like really internalize and contextualize because the like the beautiful sillies are just like flying by and they're so just like, ha, ha, ha. It's like you're just like entranced by the, 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 the like instantaneous entertainment, like mimetic sort of um, dopamine hit that you, you know, we have gotten really close to being able to manufacture a nonstop drip of McKennian novelty, you mm-hmm. know? And, and when you have access to that, it really is like being one of those rats that's like addicted to cocaine because they put it in a cage and they're just like, you got, here's a bottle of cocaine. Yeah. You just want this, you know, to just study the, the addictive effects of cocaine or whatever. It's like, it, it takes something to pick up that book. You know, it takes mm-hmm. something to be like, no, I'm going <laughs> to do this. And, and I think like we, we've got to, I'm not going to stop using social media anytime soon. Well, but I, I know that I have to be like, no. You're gonna sit down and read. You're gonna do this thing. You're gonna lift the fucking kettlebell. Like, like I, I need to have that like little part of me that's like a David Goggins or or you yeah. Know, who, Let's see your muscles. Like, do yeah. Do no. No, you don't want to see my muscles. You don't Sean, you can't even see muscles. it. I'll show you mine. Cast I'll cast show you brilliant. my muscles in private. <laughs> Ooh, cast nice. <laughs> this arm always looks good though from drying Some my hair. Definition. <laughs> definition. I exercise every day. Cass exercises once every two months. You it know. seems to do the trick, but no, it's fine. I love you guys. I'm glad. I'm glad we've we've had a chance to to wrap and catch up. A yeah, bit. dude, this is a fucking pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, likewise, likewise. Let's do it from time to time. Now that we're more comfortable doing it over Skype, and um, yeah, as long as you're comfortable putting it us putting it out on YouTube, oh, yeah. this will be fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, dude. Well, this uh, is it. This is what I got. Take yeah. it or leave it. <laughs> how, how can people um, find you? Uh, thirdeyedrops.com and any any podcast platform. And I'm like some variation of Third Eye Drops mm. on pretty much every social media. I think you'll be able to use your powers of detu- deduction <laughs> and discernment and Googling to, to find it. Awesome. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be smoking DMT together sometime <laughs> yeah. soon. That's what yeah. I see in I our actually, future. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually still have never, never. That's like the, w- one of the low-hanging fruit things that I have not done. No, I know. I so, know. We talked like, about yeah. it. <laughs> I, I had big dreams for us all getting together and getting some cabin somewhere or doing something like that. Yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, do yeah, that. we should. Yeah, yeah we'll talk absolutely. more. All right, guys. Cool. Peace all and right. love, my brother. Lo- love y'all. Love, love you. you too, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Stay in touch. Rad. Cool. That was really fun. Michael's the best. We start ripping out our muscles, and he's like, "All right, guys, we'll uh, wrap this up." Oh, I was like, "Oh, you don't wanna, you don't wanna see these fucking titties." <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, um, yeah, no, it's just funny. Yeah, um, that was really fun, and I think uh, he's so good to talk to, and has such good insight, and yeah. and such a vast knowledge of um, his discipline and focus to read all these books, and then he can bring us back all these gems, and you know, I know. It really works. It really works for me. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. This is the Very A Podcast. We're Sean and Cass. Subscribe, especially if you're listening to this. Check us out on YouTube. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, check out Church of Chill, which is on the Very A Podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. And we have a bunch of movies on our YouTube, too. Yeah. Um, All the documentaries we've done. uh, And they're available for free. And I think we have our settings so there's no ads on anything so enjoy ad free enjoy ad free. And if you see an ad let us know so we can tell them to fuck off God yes please thanks peace and love y'all peace and love <laughs>